Hi, this is Nancy Miller of My Creative Life, and today I have Marika Auber here, who is a surface designer for Carter's. Marika, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, um, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Marika, like Nancy introduced me. I have been a surface designer with Carter's for two years. Uh, I was an illustration major at SCAD and I, it's just been a perfect fit for me and like making baby clothes and stuff. Oh, I love your work on your Instagram, your website, the stuff on YouTube is fantastic. I, I, and you have a pretty decent sized following, but I'm surprised it's not like in the twenties or 30,000 followers. Your <laughs> I work wish. Is great. It's beautiful. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about like what inspired you to like go to art school and go to SCAD? I mean, you, you knew probably earlier on, like you liked art, I'm guessing. Yeah. So I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil or a crayon or whatever. Um, but like until about eighth grade, I kind of thought of artists like professional artists as people who like slept on a bench in Paris and did caricatures <laughs> for tourists. I didn't really consider that you could have a full-time career in art. And then once I was in eighth grade in high school, I started delving deeper into the internet and finding out that, oh, people actually get full-time careers doing art. And of course, back then it was all about anime for me. That's I feel like that's how a lot of young artists start out. Um, so I was on DeviantArt following all of my favorite anime artists there, and they were taking commissions and making money off of it. And I was like, wow, this is doable. I can do this. Um, so it just sort of snowballed from there. Uh, when I graduated high school, I, I was looking for a good art school, and luckily SCAD gave me enough scholarships that I could afford to go there. So Nice. And so... When you were um, studying at SCAD, um, when did you start getting interested in the surface designing and the animation part of it? Because I see your portfolio contains the surface design and and both aspects. So, I mean, going in, it, like I said, I started liking art, liking anime. And mm -hmm. so, and then it's kind of like the Disney movies and the Pixar movies kind of brought got my attention and you know those beautiful art books they put out for animated yeah. movies I wanted to do that I wanted to do the like behind the scenes beautiful illustrations um so I took a summer seminar class before I went to SCAD it's like a summer camp that SCAD mm -hmm. offers and I totally expected to be an animator I took all animation classes mm -hmm. and I ended up totally hating how tedious it was and how you never got to like finish something completely by yourself you always passed it down the pipeline mm -hmm. um so I kind of scrapped the feature animation ideas that I had because I really wasn't feeling that and um got more into like the book narrative illustration side of things and from there I started really developing drawing animal characters and being super like cute and fun with my animal characters um and that ended up getting me the internship I did at Carter's uh before I did an internship with Carter's I had never done any surface design before I hadn't really? done a repeat pattern or anything wow um so Actually, I may have done a few just for fun, but like they yeah. weren't good. <laughs> and yeah. it definitely wasn't a career that I considered, but I, I was an intern while I was 
almost graduating and I was desperate to see the industry so I did an internship. So is Carter's, um, I'm assuming it's in Atlanta, right? It the is, corporate yes. offices. Okay, so so how did you present or interview with them in order to get your internship? So luckily they came to the SCAD career fair, but they were only really scouting fashion majors. They they oh. it was like HR people, like they were not artists coming to scout, they were just business people looking for fashion interns. Okay. And I kind of came over to their table and I was like, Hey, oh. you have art on your stuff. I do art with cute animals. You should pass my resume to your art team. And they were kind of surprised. They were like, oh, I guess we do have an art team. I don't know if they need an intern. Okay. Um, and so they passed my resume and I, I got the internship fairly quickly after that. So I, I guess, I mean, just keeping an eye open for things that you could do that maybe other people don't expect you to do is a, is a good way to kind of get your foot in the door in a lot of places. Well, I can see from your work, it was a really good fit. And I just adore the little clothing, the little sloths, uh, the little repeat pattern with the elephants that kind of overlap. I would just like super adorable. So I have just so many questions to ask about your, your current job with Carter. So like, so at, from watching your YouTube channel, um, it sounded like you basically got offered the job after your internship to go if and you just had to kind of finish your senior year at SCAD. And so um, it looks like you finished and you went and you got it. So basically off of the internship, that was enough to get you the job at Carter's? Yeah, it was it was a like really good fit for me. I don't think Carter's expected me to do that well in the internship. And I don't think I expected to like Carter's as much as I did. But I kind of took to it like a fish to water, I guess. And I, I, we were both just a really good fit for each other. So kind of halfway, I interned the summer after my junior year, and then kind of halfway through my senior year, they offered me the job. So that made my senior year a lot less stressful than it could have been. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, that is fantastic. Most people, like, well, at least when I was in art school at SCED, they were just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep waiting on tables. I don't know, you know, so. I mean, a lot of my friends are still in that boat who graduated at the same time that I did. Yeah, well, you're very talented, and your work is very, I mean, it's it's very striking. I just yeah, I I think it's uh perfect for that company and that brand. But how did they so like I guess in your internship, like can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how what were you your duties? Like how did you learn on the job? What were some things that you think are important that you got away from the takeaway from Carter's that helped to lead to the full-time job? I was really lucky because Carter's does a, a great internship program where they're focused on like teaching you and preparing mm-hmm. you for the industry, even if they don't hire you. Like obviously they're grooming you to come work at Carter's mm-hmm. full time. It's like it's like a three month interview for a full time job, but um, they they sit you down and they teach you Adobe Illustrator if you don't mm-hmm. know Illustrator already. Because I know that's one that a lot of students avoid like the plague. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start by like boot camping you through Illustrator. And then they teach you kind of the ways of the industry. Like my first day, they sat me down and said, draw a panda and a bird and a bear in oh. a in Illustrator. Okay. And I did it. And then they told me, this is all the things that you did wrong. 
not in a in a constructive way okay for the industry like I drew my panda with three eye well, with two eyelashes and they were like we never do that two eyelashes looks weird it's always three eyelashes oh. um and it's just like little things like that that like they have learned that sells baby clothes and nice. then I learned that stuff too that is so cool I'll always remember that three eyelashes that is so cool <laughs> it's kind of like ingrained in me like I'll be drawing yeah. personal work for myself yeah. and I'll draw two eyelashes and I'm like no 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 we can't do this and I'll like put three eyelashes on whatever I'm drawing so like did, did you get a lot of direction or you know how did it work like what would a day be like for you during your internship so it was, it's much more corporate than I expected. And I think a lot of in-house illustration jobs are, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about other art schools, but SCAD really prepares you for that freelance life where you're just like drawing all day and doing fun artsy things. But you like at Carter's, I wear like business clothes and I, I have a desk. It's like an open concept office and we all have our little desks with like half walls around it. Um, and so you have your only chair and you can like roll over to your neighbor and ask their advice. Um, we, we do a lot of drawing on Illustrator, but then we print it out and we all discuss it. There's a lot of uh, discussion about what colors sell best and what animals are on trend right now. Unicorns were on trend like a year ago, like peak, and now they're downtrending and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's going to replace the unicorn? What's the new best-selling animal? (laughs) (laughs) So we have, we have like very serious conversations about like what color glitter sells best and like, do we want to do crocodiles this year or something? Um, It's, it's fun, but it's, it's also like a kind of business-like environment and so I work like nine to five every day and I have lunch with my coworkers, and it's sort of like a weird mashup of office life and artist life. Oh that's so cool yeah I mean I think that helps prepare you I don't know if when if you it also mentioned on your website you do freelance work but I could definitely see because that kind of discipline can help you translate into doing freelance work if that's something that um, you want to do as an illustrator because I think it's very difficult if you don't treat your illustration or if you want it to be a business and something that you make right. money from <laughs> so I that's have, always good I have definitely noticed that working at Carter's has helped my freelance because okay. I take feedback so much more readily now mm-hmm. when I was freelancing as a student I took everything very personally and I'm like why don't they like this this is my vision Mm -hmm. and now I I take the feedback and I I understand why the customer is saying what they want and even if they want like I put revision clauses in my in my freelance work but even if they want four more revisions than I originally expected it like I have that patience built up because the stuff that we do at work goes through a million revisions before it actually gets sewn onto baby clothes oh nice um so when you're, um, oh, and just curious, so do you freelance in surface design or is it more like, because I see a definite bend towards um, children's books in your, in your portfolio. I mean, you do a lot of different things. Um, so the two main things that I could see from your portfolio, if I were going to hire you, I'd be like, oh, definitely like surface design and children's books. So are you freelancing currently in those two areas or is there other areas that you're freelancing in? I definitely try to stay away from any like clothing design because I just don't want to step on any legal toes at Carter's but I do do like greeting card designs and um 
and I do like I this isn't technically freelancing but I've been doing children's books like as personal projects that I hope to pitch to editors one day and um actually get those published so it's kind of a a mix of like and I take like personal portrait commissions and stuff too so a mix of like greeting cards and portrait commissions and then working on my own uh personal children's books projects that's great so did you take just out of curiosity did you take a children's book um illustration class while you were at SCAD I did that was one of my favorite classes it was with Julie Lieberman and she kind of did a good job of like walking us through every step and like disciplining us because I like my first instinct for making a children's book is just sit down and draw it exactly as it's in my head but she made you like plan every step out like the whole way so she kind of taught me that workflow and I've applied it to my personal projects and it's helped everything go a lot smoother that's wonderful well are you just out of curious are you a member of the society of children's book writers and illustrators I am not I recommend it um I um they're doing right now um because of the virus right now they're doing online workshops. So they usually have um, your regional, like you and I would be in the same region, which is the Southern Breeze. And I did this about when I was freelancing in illustration, I was doing a lot of more children's book and I worked with smaller trade publishers, but I started with them and uh, that was really helpful and uh, the networking, but their online workshops are um, having right now. I sat in one with uh, the art director for Little Brown and Company. Um, there was another one I sat in with an editor for another children's book company. So the work, awesome. yeah, the workshops were only like fifteen dollars for those particular ones, and you just get on Zoom. And the nice thing about being with the um, editor versus the art director. Now, the art director was really helpful, too. But I felt like when you sat in with one of the editors, you especially because you do the writing and illustrating, that was extremely helpful from the illustrator side of it. Because I was like, oh, I have never talked to the I always talked with the art directors, but the editors have a lot of say, (laughs) too. And so she was saying, well, this is how um, she felt about the flow of a book. And these were suggestions like. I was just like, whoa, I had no idea. Now, I never took a book illustration class. I just just kind of winged it. <laughs> Once I got out, I was right. like, made a few dummy book dummies and checked out lots of books and read stuff. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend, because now what they're doing is the, um, and I get confused because they have a big um, convention in New York City and then the LA one. And I think the workshops there, because of the virus, I think it's the LA one. So you can go online, and if you're a member, you can register for their workshops for those for free. And you're in a group. Now, it's big. Like, I I think there was, like, 80 of us in this Zoom conference. (laughs) But, like, you can meet with um, some of the actual art directors, and then you can just kind of hear what they're saying, ask questions. And then if you want to do one of the breakout sessions, you can pay, like, a certain fee, and then you get the one-on-one with the art director. So That's awesome. I really need to look into that. Yeah, it's only, like... um, I paid the student fee. I think it was seventy dollars for the year, but then it's eighty for not um if you're professional. So I think you pay eighty. Let me see if I can find the book. Oh man! Oh here it is. This is great because once um F and W, which was the parent company that did this um children's um 
and writers, illustrators, market books. They went out of, they're, mm -hmm. they're bankrupt now. But now the really? society, yeah, the Society of Children's Book uh, Writers and Illustrators, they have their own and they update it every year. And this is so cheap. I used to, uh, you know, it's so cheap to get it if you're a member. So I think it was like 10 bucks for this book. And I wow. just, it's all That's of your, amazing. all of your contacts and everything. And the networking is phenomenal. Like I had, because I went to the workshop, I had Gregory Christie, who's a, uh, he's won a Caldecott Honor Medal. He's won the Credit Scott King. He's won every award in children's book. And I interviewed him for the podcast. He was phenomenal. Wow. I, yeah, I recommend listening to that one. That episode was that great. That is so cool. But join it. It's worth the um, $80 for the year. And right for now, sure. because of the virus situation, you can sign up for these workshops with these big names and never, you don't even have to leave your house. Because before it was right. like, you'd have to go to LA and some of my illustrator friends were doing that, but it was just a, such a cost and taking time off from work and all that. But yeah, I recommend it. That is so cool. I will definitely do that. Yeah. But your work is very suited for children's book. I like the one that I saw. Sorry, going back to your work. There was this, oh, they were they in a little car, and they had all their stuff. It looked like it was falling out of the back, and they were moving, yeah. and they're going to move in. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that's that's my most recent children's book project that mm -hmm. I'm doing. It's about a kid who kind of moves into this old creaky house with his mom, and he's not sure about it, and mm -hmm. he starts exploring around, and there's, like, crazy things in every room. Um and then at the end of the book, he decides that he's he's a fan of this creepy house because it's got so much character. Um, so that's kind of the first spread in the book is him like approaching this old rickety house up the hill with his mom and all the stuff is spilling out the back of their car. Um, and it's that it's kind of combining yeah. my love of like cute animals and like mm -hmm. storytelling. Uh, so that's that's the one that I'm that is in progress for me right now. Very nice. Yeah. And it's really great that you are the author and the illustrator because the part that I do love about children's book, besides the actual art form of it, it's probably the um, passive income. Like I mm -hmm. liked the checks that I was getting. I was like, oh, I, I got another one. They sold some more. Yeah, great. I'm so glad they just show up in the mail. Yeah. So I get Someday like, I'll get to that point. <laughs> oh, you will. I mean, oh, you, you'll be there. I, I think if you, I mean, you start sending your stuff out, I you would be surprised. I think you, if you're not already, you're very close already. Your I skill could, level. I I'm giving myself time. I'm only two two years out of school, but and I'm I'm happy with my full time job. But I oh, sure. I'm working on it. Hopefully, oh, I'll get there. And I I always had a full time graphic design job. So when I was working on the children's book stuff, I would do it at night and on the weekends. So it was yeah. always one of those things because. Um, it's not the it's not a huge amount of pay because you look at oh I worked on it for six months <laughs> so then when you break right. it down you're like ooh that's not a lot so once you yeah. get going at it I like the fact that you know some publishers will do checks like maybe uh, quarterly uh, the publishers that I w dealt with they paid twice a year so it was just kind of nice to just be like, oh, I've got a check. <laughs> so, yeah, you have, you have your summer money and your holiday money. <laughs> exactly. But I could totally see that your, your, as far as your illustration work, your, the quality of it is very on point, especially with what's trending for children's books now. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, that's one of the good things about working with Carter's is yeah. I get to do a lot of market research for work nice. and then I get to see what's good in the industry. And then also it's like simple enough work for Carter's that I have the artistic energy to come home after working eight hours and still draw for myself. That is amazing. So, that's kind of a good happy medium. Yeah. Well, you are like an energizer bunny. I, I was always exhausted. <laughs> I just keep going like, oh, I got to keep working because I got a deadline. But that is awesome that you're doing the personal projects because I think that's so important to keep you energized and excited about whether your day job or what you're doing outside of it. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I will definitely try to take a class from Professor Lieberman then and check out and see if she has something for the graduate students because yeah, I feel yeah. like that's something I would really benefit from is just taking a class on, you know, just, I've always I mean, winged it. So I don't know. It's just kind of be nice to be I like, think, get somebody else's perspective on, oh, this is, this is another way of doing it. And I'll be like, oh, even if you don't to... take a class, she should yeah. have you in and interview you for her students. Cause like looking through your website, you've published quite a few children's books. So you like, you know what it's like to be in, in the paint. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I feel like I could learn to do even more. I, I look at everybody I've interviewed and it, it's like everybody does what they do so well in their own unique way. And it's so exciting. I think when I was in my undergrad, I was always nervous about, oh, I'm competing with these people. Oh, I'm anxiety ridden. But now I'm just like, oh, this is fantastic. Because everybody does their thing in their way. And it's just that amazes me. And then I look at like, how can I get better than the artist I was six months ago? And it's about competing with myself, not with because I see the work that you do. I will never be able to do that in that style because that's your style. You've worked that you've honed it and it's beautiful. Um, I would love to do like your patterns. That's adorable. I love those. Um, so, yeah. So I just think it's great. Your work is fantastic. So like that's. I mean, that's been kind of like a learning curve since, like, I feel like my mindset as a student was yeah. always like, I like that person's work. I want to be like them. And like, mm -hmm. since graduating, I, I haven't felt that competitive pressure that they kind of encourage in school, Yeah, I feel like. So I've been able to delve into like the stuff that I enjoy and that I know I like and really like curate a personal style around that. It's been much easier to kind of delve into that after school. Oh, and I want to tell you, love your hand lettering. Oh my gosh, all the hand lettering is adorable and it's just so well done. Oh, another thing I want to tell you, when I sat in that workshop for the art director for Little Brown and Company, hand lettering, if you wanted to just do that for a children's book, if you wanted to try to get into the door right now, you could totally do it. They pay like $1,500 for a hand lettering job. Is that for like the title of the book or like interior words? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So totally look into that. I would, because you already have that already. I think you have so much great stuff, but the hand lettering is really good too. You had, that's the thing. You're like a jack of all trades, but you're really good <laughs> at all of them. Like seriously. Um, usually when you, most people's skill set, because it's normally you just really, honed down in that niche but you just do a really broad wide range of things but you do them very very well I'm glad to hear you say that because sometimes I feel like I'm working on my hand lettering and it's distracting from my children's book stuff or vice versa 
So, no, it's good you, to hear. If you want to do, I mean, this would be what I would suggest as far as for the children's book route, because you're still working on your um, actual writing and your illustrating. If you feel like you're not ready for that, start sending out your hand lettering to the um, art directors. But I was shocked. I was like, she's like the little brown and company art director. She's like, yeah, we pay $1,500. Because one of the illustrators in the group and the critique, he did some hand lettering. And she asked, she's like, oh, I like this hand lettering. Do you do that? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just, I just did it for this project to show you. And just, then she told us how much she paid, and I was like, oh, I need to do some hand <laughs> lettering. It's like, yeah, I should learn how to, I need to get better at that. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, you have a lot of different, did you just get all of that while you were in art school, or did you, like, develop some of that after you got out, or was that? I think a lot of it came from, like I said before, yeah. that my mentality in art yeah. school was seeing an artist that I admired, yeah. whether it be like a student or a professor uh -huh. or someone that I found online and, uh -huh. and saying to myself, I want to do that. Uh -huh. And then I kind of obsess over that person's work until I had learned to emulate it and then sort of tweak it into fitting my own needs. So like I... Instagram is kind of my, yeah. my go-to pastime whenever I'm just like sitting somewhere and I need to flip through or scroll. Um, and so I'll see an artist on Instagram and love what they do mm -hmm. and be like, I want to do that. Um, so a lot of it was initially uh -huh. like self-taught, I guess wow. self-taught is a loaded term, but um, it, was, it was fueled by my own personal passion. And then I was able to apply it and hone it in during school and afterwards sort of make it more my own thing. Oh, that's awesome. Because I felt like also another thing in undergrad, I felt like there was this constant harping about you got to find a style, you got to have a style. Mm -hmm. And what I realized after I finished, and then you, you do something for about a decade, and you're like, I, I can't do this one stuff. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just my personality. Some people can do that one thing for the rest of it, and they're happy with it. And that's great. I just found that I have to evolve and change or and especially I feel like with um, even children's books sometimes you get kind of dated the look of it the way you work and then the trends mm -hmm. evolve and change so like the For work sure. I did 10 years ago in children's I feel like it's not appropriate now because the market shifted and the style and also I really don't want to do that style anymore I want to do something different I want to you know experiment yeah. I think that's part of the uh, joy that I have been um, getting. I don't know if you know this other student. Um, do you know Caitlin Yoder by chance? No, it sounds familiar. So maybe I've like come across her, but maybe. I don't know her. So I can't remember when she graduated, but I'm guessing she might have crossed over at SCAD in illustration while you were there. But she works for Kohl's, and I interviewed her, and she does surface design. Oh my gosh, her sketchbooks. I was like, girl, she's got, she's on fire with her sketchbooks. I was like, I was like, oh, I need to improve on my sketchbooks. I was just so Sketchbooks cool. intimidate me so much, like yeah. seeing how hard other artists go with them. And I, I'm over here like doing like stick figures in mind oh, just to no. get an idea down. I, I like never finish anything in a sketchbook, but it's, it's just so impressive to see what other artists do in there. Well, check her out. Um, but yeah, I interviewed her and her interview comes out next Sunday, but yeah, check out her work. It's great. But you, um, I keep getting off on these questions. I'm sorry. You just have a lot of great work. So it's hard to like narrow down and you have such great, uh, professional experience. So can you tell me about what's your favorite? Cause you do so many great different, do different things and do them so well. What's your favorite thing right now to work on? 
Oh man, that's such, I'll have to think about that for a second. You mean at work or for myself? Ooh, can you answer both of those now? Yes, I can. Yeah, that'd be Um, awesome. At at work, we kind of have this established workflow where at the beginning of a season of development, we'll just like start by busting out like 50 characters. And then we have this like bank of characters to pull from for the rest of the season. Um, and that's definitely my favorite part is like, it's like character design, but for children's clothes. So I'm just like sitting at my desk all day drawing cute animals. And it's, it's just kind of a dream. Um, and then you're like, you're like establishing the, the clothes look for that season, like what kind of style you want all the animal characters to have. Um, so that's def- definitely my favorite at work. Um, at home, I've been really loving color lately, mm. just like experimenting with color and finding color palettes that I, I see something like out in nature or on the internet. And I'm mm. like, I need to do an illustration with that color palette because it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that kind of ties in with work too. We do a lot of like color trend analysis at work. So I'll see something at work that is like a current trend in fashion and bring it home and apply it to a children's book illustration just because like I love that mustard yellow or that aqua or something. Oh that's awesome. I think that is such a great like boot camping like you said and that really informs your your children's book work. Like when you get your stuff out there girl you're gonna do gangbusters. I'm serious like you're just gonna be busting doors open. I'm excited to see that happen someday. And I'll be honest I think if you join this and I don't I don't get a kickback at all for (laughs) recruitment or anything (laughs) but I think if you really got in there and because you you then get access to these because the nice thing about the little the paid sessions that you do with the art directors they'll let you still email them after the fact. So that's really nice. They'll give you their personal contact. They'll give you like their Twitter accounts and then you can correspond with them um, directly. I I think, yeah, I think your stuff would really stand out and do very well in the U.S. I I definitely need to get in those classes because like that's, that seems like the thing people always ask, how do you break into the industry? Mm -hmm. And that seems like the kind of personal connection with someone who knows something about the industry that would really give you a leg up. Yeah, because one of the other illustrators I interviewed, Tamika, she's in Atlanta. Sweet lady. She's actually our illustrator coordinator for the Southern Breeze division. So she went to one of those things it's like $15 and you go and you pay your little fee and you go in. So um, it was, she met with the art director for Peachtree Publishers. They're based in Atlanta. Um, A year later, they contacted her and said, we want you to be the illustrator. And it was based on meeting her at that one session. And so That is so cool. Yeah. So I really believe that because they get so much stuff and I'm not discounting sending a postcard because I, Initially, the first picture book I got, it was from sending out postcards. So they saw, but they're very literal. They were like, the lady called me and was like, I want you to be the illustrator because what you did on this postcard, this is exactly what I want on the cover of this children's book. And (laughs) And then they're like, oh no, I'm locked into that one. (laughs) Okay, so I was fine with that. And then it just surprises me like what will capture their interest be like, that's that. But then the, the next time... They have also these contests um, on the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, their website. I, they used to, I don't know if they still do it now, but they would do these monthly contests for illustrators. 
So I got in the top three for one of those, and that really helped me out. Then I got my um, contact with the second publisher. She saw me on that contest, and then she contacted me and she said, oh, I saw you in the top three. We want to work with you. And I was like, what? What? I was like, I didn't know who they were. I never sent them anything. Right. So. I guess it's probably, like, it's a yeah. lot of putting yourself out there, and it's, mm -hmm. like, the game of numbers. If they have a manuscript with a bunny, and you send them a postcard with the bunny in the style that they wanted, they're like, that's the one. Yeah, it's it's funny, but you'll do really well, because you write, and then you do the illustrations, and I think that would be really nice, and that would be, well, and because your illustrations are so well done, I think for an art director and an editor, that's, that would be nice because then they're just dealing with the one person. <laughs> and then right. also, it's also easier, I've heard sometimes, if you can get a publisher and they're willing to send you to some of the conferences for like ALA, they're more likely to send you because they only have to pay for the one person and right. they don't have to pay for two. <laughs> so they're like, deal. Sure. Yeah. So I think, I really think that you, you are, your stuff is great. And I think you'll do very well in children's books. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm working on building that career. Yes. There's like a policeman outside on his oh, microphone yeah. shouting something, so I'm sorry if you can hear oh, that. No, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, um, so how are you staying motivated to keep, you said your personal project, so has that been the main thing, working on the children's book, that's what's kept you motivated to kind of explore and do your illustration work? It was actually like kind of a difficult adaptation mm -hmm. after college. I feel like in college, you're just encouraged to be so free and mm -hmm. like uh, prolific and you're just like making so much all the time. So going into a full-time job, I it, it does, it takes some of your energy. Like I still have energy after work, but definitely not as much energy as I had in college because there's, there's just longer hours in the day when you're a full-time uh, artist and so I it was it was a curve for me to like come home and like reconcile with myself that it was okay if I just wanted to sit on the couch and watch tv after work sometimes like I other people do that with like normal office jobs I don't have to be producing personal art all the time and I don't have to exhaust myself like that and then once once I kind of allowed myself to have that that relaxation um, the, the creativity and the need to create personal work kind of came back and um, it was a matter of like finding the times of day that worked best because when I would come home from work a lot of the time I'd be too tired and so I started doodling and illustrating on my lunch breaks where I was like already warmed up for the day and like in the mindset of okay. doing art and I, I was being like very productive on my lunch breaks with my personal art because I was warmed up and in that headspace and I hadn't driven home and eaten dinner and sat on the couch because it's so much harder to pull yourself off the couch once you've already sat down. Um, and then on, on weekends, I do a lot, of, a lot of personal art because I haven't been tired from a full day of working in the office. Wow, that's so, great. That's a wonderful tip. I'll I'll have yeah. to keep that in mind for the future. It's, yeah, it's for me it's about finding the right time of day. That's awesome. Can, so back to working at Carter's, can you tell um tell us a little bit about so you draw the characters, so what would be the next step after that? Like wh how does it progress to then you holding the final finished product? So we 
draw the characters and um, kind of in between drawing the characters like the initial character development, we are doing a lot of market research, like looking at competitors' websites and going on Pinterest and doing trend research and stuff. Um, so we'll be like picking and choosing our favorite pieces of inspiration from all of our research. And then we can kind of uh, like plot out what we want to do for that season. Like I work mainly with pajamas. So we know we're going to have four boy styles and four girl styles. So we'll like we'll take our favorite characters that we've drawn and kind of pair them up with our favorite pieces of uh, inspiration. So we'll be like, I love this dragon and he would work well in this cool like snake reference that I found. Mm -hmm. And um, then we'll kind of like be inspired by the layout of the snake and kind of do a dragon with those same qualities that we liked in the snake. And that will be the graphic for the pajama t-shirt. And so that's, that's kind of the middle part of the season is developing the actual garment itself like the graphic to go on the t-shirt and then the repeat pattern to go in the pants which has to it has to be a dragon to match to the dragon graphic that we just did um and then after we have all of the initial clothing development done it's a lot of back and forth between art and the sales team and the merchandisers and they be like pink is selling really well this season make everything pink okay. or they'll be like our lime totally bombed last season take out all the lime that you have oh. <laughs> um and so and then um they have to like sell it to the stores that are gonna buy it and so if target oh. says we don't want any bears okay. we have to go and change all of our bears so the, the last half of the season is kind of us like revising and editing to make everything as saleable as possible. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how long does it, the actual process take that you get like the final pajamas? Uh, so we work exactly a year in advance. Oh, okay. So each season is kind of as long as it's going to live on the store floor, which okay. is probably three months. Okay. So we, we develop a whole line of product for like basically each season, okay. winter, summer, fall, okay. spring. That's the other one. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So yeah. as an illustration background, did it, um, does it matter as much? Um, I guess maybe for Carter's, if you didn't have as much, you know, cause like when I was talking, I interviewed somebody who was a fibers major, but she does rug design. So Definitely that's different than clothing and fabric, but do you have to know a lot about like exactly what the patterns are going to go on to? Like, how is this going to work on cotton or how is this going to look when it's printed on polyester and things yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a, there's a fairly technical side to it and they don't dump you straight into that when okay. you first start. They start you just doing the art and they you don't have to worry about all that, but the more senior you become, the more you have to get involved in that process. Um, and it is, it's it's a lot of like printing on cotton and printing on polyester. And like in winter, we have to worry about print, printing on fleece and fleece okay. like kind of blurs every kind of ink that you oh, try to dye onto it. Okay. Um, so you have to make your details really big if you want them to survive printing on fleece. Um, so you do, you kind of have to learn all the various printing processes and how screen printing works and what the various types of fabric feel like and what our factories are capable of with our budget. Okay. Um, so that that's a whole learning process. And I 
it's interesting now because I'll go to the store and see one of our competitors' products and I'd be like, how did they get six pom-poms on this shirt? We can't afford six pom-poms. That's funny. That is a bit, now you have all this great technical knowledge because what it sounded like when I talked to the other, whether even if it was fibers or il illustration and they went into surface design, because every company kind of does it a little bit different. Then they're working with different uh, manufacturers and what they're manufacturing. It would be kind of hard to prepare for every single possibility while you're in undergrad. And so you kind of yes. need to figure out where you get there and you land and what they're actually using for software. So yeah, in all of it's that. Definitely they, it's definitely the kind of thing where they have to train you on the job because it's so specific to that company. Like I, I don't even... I don't even think it'd be productive to try to prepare students for that because it, it changes like twice a year. The, oh. the processes get updated and you need to learn a new thing. Oh, so. interesting. That's cool. Okay. Wow, that's insightful. I'm, so I'm glad I asked. So, <laughs> so um, I have a friend of mine who is a graphic designer in New York City. And he's also interested in um, surface design, but from more of a graphic design standpoint, he does like tessellations and things like that oh, cool. with his patterns. Really complex, really cool looking. But he was wondering like, so how would you, when you're working at Carter's and you're working on a pattern, and so you've been there now for two years, so what do you tend to do so that you don't end up creating a pattern that looks like the last year's season? Like, what do you do to the actual, like, placement, or, like, what are some tricks that you do to kind of vary it up for yourself to make it different? It's definitely a lot of market research, okay. so we'll be looking for something new that we see. Carter's is a fairly traditional company, so we're never at the cutting edge of trends, um, and of course we work a year in advance, so we're always going to be a year behind whatever we do. Um, but we, we're looking for newness in the market research we do. Like if we, we see a layout with a lot of scale variation and we're like, wow, what if we really exaggerate that? Like I just did a print where one elephant was like three times as big as the other elephant and it turned into kind of this really funky new looking elephant print. Um, or we see like a, a way of like mark making or texture making in a print that we hadn't considered before so we can apply that to our work. Um, so I guess, I guess it's just keeping on top of trends. I wish I had a more like technical thing to say like an illustrator just do this, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of Pinterest. <laughs> Well, I've been doing that a lot more um, and with um, this pattern that I really adore this. She's Italian. I'm probably butchering her name, but her name is, I think, Nicoletta Pagano. And she does these surface designs, but she marries them in with these um, fairy tales. And I adore them. I just, oh, I could neat. look at them over and over again because it's like, when you look at her pattern, it brings in the children's book. Like, she did Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's like storytelling in repeat pattern. Yes, that's so cool. So it's if so you cool. work your way down, you're like, oh, I just read Snow White in a very abbreviated <laughs> way. But the way she places things, it flows really nicely. And so that's kind of where my thesis is at right now. I'm looking at doing the children's books and then incorporating pattern because I've also noticed in 
some children's book. I forgot, I forget his name. I think it's Peter Sis, but I think he, it was either him or the art director, the designer, they took some of the elements from his illustrations and then did a repeat bat- a pattern on the end pages, which I really right. like that overall packaging together. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of a weird, weird person because I like Holly Hobby. I like some of these weird, Ill- I mean, they're very traditional illustrators, but like, uh-huh. I liked Holly Hobby when, well, she did the dolls, but then she did like a series called Toot and Puddle, these little pigs that adorable <laughs> in watercolor, but they ended up doing like this whole line of stuff that went with it, the merchandising. So I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And more, um, there's more of these illustrators, not a lot of them, but they, like, there's a lady in the UK, her name's Mandy Sutcliffe, she does this Belle and Boo, really cute little bunny with this little girl, and she puts it on everything, and everything does really well, it's, uh, it's just like, wow, she'll put it in cross-stitching her characters to then surface design, to the picture books, to the little girl's dresses, I was like, wow, so, um, I don't know. I think you're touching on something important where you say, like, I love that. It's yes. like when you see something in the wild that you love, you need to pay attention to it and apply that to your own work. Because, like, I feel like as artists, we're always attracted by something shiny and new. And yeah. if we can, if we can recognize that and apply Uh the shiny new thing to our work it's always going to keep moving forward and having a fresh feel yeah and it's classic I love the stuff where it looks like it's classic like I will always love Beatrix Potter uh, Beatrice Potter because her work it is like I did I had to pick any illustrator I wanted and I picked her work to copy and I was like oh it it was so much fun it was like my favorite little drawing exercise in my drawing for illustrators class because it remind me of when I was a kid and I used to draw endless copies of like things that I loved and I was like oh yeah. I love her stuff and I just I was like oh I just I kind of want to get back to that place of that kind of yeah. that magical feeling like you're talking about with your own work and that you feel like you're you know really enjoying yeah. it and stuff. I've, so. I've heard that like I've heard yeah. artists say that when you have fun on a piece you can smell it in the final oh. results like you can really tell when someone has enjoyed their self and when it's not too like labored to make it look like something else like you have to find something that you enjoy making and then it's gonna look good yeah and I love the process now I used to be so like like oh the deadline I gotta go and do this 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 and I'd be so like this and then when I realized creativity is not always this it's kind of like woo like this (laughs) and so like I just now spent for this children's book story, I'm starting a new um, illustrations and uh, book dummy, and then I'm going to make it into a pattern. But it was my sister's idea. She came up with this, uh, found this folktale. She wanted a tattoo, but it's a long story. But anyways, so <laughs> they had, um, I did this checklist that I found from Lee White, um, who um, illustrated so many children's books. But I love his style of work, very textured and he broke it down into these like six steps for what you need to do for your artwork. And so I always kind of jumped over, like I would do them so briefly that I never really delved in deeply. So now the research and development, I'm just spending a lot of time on that. And I never would do the work that I needed, I feel like, to really get a grasp. So doing character turnarounds, making sure Mm -hmm. like, you know, how do I want these things that, uh, instead of just going with that one-off vision, like you talked about Mm -hmm. earlier in your head, like just putting that down. So I'm like, looking at different kinds of art styles. I'm looking at different animals. I'm like 
playing around with uh, different media and not feeling well, then like, you mentioned yes. you mentioned mood boards yes. earlier and, and I, I think mood that board. like mood boards help capture that initial exactly. enthusiasm so that yes. when you're in the middle of a project you can go back yes. to the mood board and be like oh this is why I loved that exactly I did a <laughs> mood board for this children's book I'd never done that before it blew my mind yeah. I was like I learned this in first surf it's I'm just gonna make them so I started with the mood board and then I've just been step one, and I've still been in step one, and it's a week, and I don't care. I'm having fun. I go like, I don't, yeah. I'm just like, whatever, you know. So I'm <laughs> hoping it means by the time I get to the thumbnails, which I would go through, and I would just really just, they're usually down and dirty, and that's fine, but I don't think I would do enough thumbnails for each illustration. I wasn't pushing my composition, so I'm going to delve into those further. And I think because I've done so much research and development now, I'm like really into it, and it kind of makes me feel a little less pressure because I would just right. each part was like pressure cooker. I don't know why, but I would always yeah. do it like that, and I really didn't enjoy it. I was like, this should yeah. be more enjoyable because this is a really important part of the illustration process. And yeah. so I find that anytime I try to brute force something, I end up scrapping it later because it never turns out good. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, all your advice about finding the right time and just kind of going with, you know, like that comment that you said, it's, it's perfect. So my next question is, and I know I had um, like five or six others and I'll hopefully will remember them before I get off with you. Cause I'm like, oh, you're, you have so many great things that you've been sharing with me, um, is in your studio, what's the most, um, indispensable item that you just can't live without? I work mostly digitally, but I am tempted to say my sketchbook. I mentioned earlier that I don't finish anything in my sketchbook, but I, it's where I do all of my like initial ideas. Like I will really quickly scribble something down as soon as it pops into my head. And it's like a really crappy, ugly gesture drawing or like a, a note that I write to myself that's not even a drawing. Um, and it's, it, I'll like, most of my good um, final pieces started by me just like taking a photo of the ugly drawing in my sketchbook and, and then refining that in Photoshop or something. But um, it, the sketchbook that I keep next to me at my desk is probably the most indispensable thing because like then even if I'm at work now that we're working from home, if I'm in a meeting and someone says something that inspires me, I'll just like really quick write a note in my sketchbook and apply that to something later. Oh, nice. Do you have a favorite? I know some artists are particular, but do you have a favorite brand of sketchbook that you like that you'd share with the us? The cheapest one. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like I said, like I, yeah. I really, the way that I work, yeah. I really can't afford to be precious with my sketchbooks because they're going to end up so ugly. Oh. So I choose the cheapest one. And maybe that's because I'm a digital artist, mm -hmm. um, that it, the paper quality doesn't really matter. But um, I it helps me when I'm not too too precious about my sketchbook that I, I just go for cheap oh well I <laughs> like the sketchbook pages you had on your Instagram I was like what's this look great I really well, those were the ones that ended up on Instagram <laughs> there's a million others that will never see the light of day like that oh, well you know it takes a million um bad drawings like uh Bobby Chua I I listened to so many way too many podcasts He's so awesome I loved his saying it takes like 
I don't know, he said something like 10,000 bad drawings before you get that good drawing, and so right. all that work has paid off, so you get more good drawings, and now I do these warm-ups. I used to just go cold turkey and just start drawing initially. I do a warm-up. It doesn't matter if it's something simple, like I'm just doing a sketch of a of a head or I'm doing like it, it, it might have nothing to do with what I'm working on but I'll literally warm up or like I do these like in my uh, Cintiq I'll do these lines and just like you know just mark making just get your hand in like yeah have it remember what it's like to draw <laughs> exactly because I used to I would just be like oh I gotta work so that was just like work and I was just like mm -hmm. you know it's nice to kind of just get back into just like oh I just need to get back in the swing of things and then it does make me feel more ready to to start on yeah. the actual final piece Oh, next thing. You mentioned that, okay, so you use Adobe Illustrator for your day job, but do you prefer to use Photoshop for your actual illustration, for your illustration? Yeah, work? for sure. I think we use Illustrator out of necessity at okay. work because we need to send things to the factory where they need the machines to be able to read the vector and, like, cut out the right shapes from an applique or, like, from the screen print, cut out the right shape into the screen print. Um so we use vector out of necessity there, but I absolutely like the the painterly quality that you can get in Photoshop and the detail for my personal work. And I love the texture that you're getting. So I zoomed in and I looked at your illustration. So are you doing, um, are you, is it mainly from the brushes or are you making your own textures, scanning them in? I was just curious, like, how do you generally work to add that texture in it? It's kind of a combination. If it's like a, if, if it's a texture that's going to be too detailed, but also too unimportant. Um, like I, I did a drawing where a character was wearing lace at uh -huh. some point and I didn't want to spend all that time drawing lace because it's a pain in the butt and no one's going to like notice the lace mm -hmm. on if it's just like a character. So I, I, that was one where I used like a lace texture that was like pre-made and I overlaid it. Nice. But um, yeah. if, if I'm doing something more that's like part of the character of the drawing more than that, like I'll, I'll use Photoshop brushes and actually go in. Um, my favorites are the ones that emulate gouache because oh, I think that's my, my favorite uh -huh. medium that other artists use. I was going to say it's that like because I can't I, use gouache. Really? <laughs> because I looked at your stuff and I was thinking, her stuff looks like wash. I mean, like I looked at your like the owl one that I said that I loved. I was like, it looks like wash. Like it would be traditional. Well, I'm glad I'm being but... successful with yeah. my big Photoshop brushes. <laughs> yeah, so it looks great. So it had that gouache feeling to it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like dusty, gritty is a harsh word, but mm -hmm. like that that look that gouache has. That it just makes it feel uh, palpable. Mm -hmm. Like you want to touch it. Very nice. So um, that's great to know. And I think that's good that you can work in either or. Um, I've been mainly doing Photoshop. I can do the Adobe Illustrate. I think I tend to lean more towards the Photoshop. It's just like, but for definitely the screen print, because I tried to do color separation in Photoshop, like if you were going to submit it, and I hated it. It's very mm -hmm. awkward. Like, yeah. <laughs> they need to improve that. I go, like, this is, like, so confusing. So Adobe Illustrator makes it so much easier to limit to yourself to, I don't know if there was, like, I don't know, one of the surface designers I talked to, 
depending on the screen printer, they might limit it to, I think, no more than, like, 12 colors at the most, I think. Was, yeah, with Carter's, we're, we're trying to keep our stuff, like, budget-friendly so yeah. that people with young children can afford to buy it. So we limit ourselves to eight colors. If you look at any okay. of the stuff that we do, it's only eight colors. Okay. Okay. So. You know, and then that's interesting because then when I talk to Caitlin Yoder, who works at for Kohl's, and she does the active wear there, and she said it was eight colors she was limited to. And that was something, you know, she had to learn on the job. So it's always yeah. interesting. Because I think in art school, you got to be like, throw budget out the window. It's like, you can yeah. do whatever. And I, it would be interesting sometimes when I would take a class and I would... Because I worked as a graphic designer and I was like, oh, you know, that's a spot. Because I I did print, like, you know, CMYK um, process printing, four-color process printing. So I would comment to somebody I was like oh you know that gold is a fifth color that will increase yeah. your budget just saying yeah, just letting exactly. you know and and because you use gold it may when they scan it they you either have to specify you really want it to be gold you got to really do this fifth color or mm -hmm. otherwise they have to fake it and emulate that it looks like gold so yeah. I don't know I guess I was a little too uptight in my class people no, think I'm think like crazy those restrictions have like helped me in uh -huh. my personal work as well because like I feel like when you limit a palette it makes a piece look cleaner and nicer in the end whereas if you're just using every color of the rainbow you can't control the colors that well so I I kind of like subconsciously apply the eight color thing to my personal work as well and then it, like I'll I'll choose one of those eight colors to shade with rather than choosing a whole new color to shade with, and it helps unify the whole That's piece. That's a great idea. Thank you for sharing that. Is that what you did for that owl? Once again, go yeah, back to the owl was illustration. Yeah, like five colors or something, and I kept oh using the same gosh. colors over and over again. Yeah, that just is, different saturations. That's awesome because it looks so colorful, but to see that, I mean, because the colors that you use, they really pop and they work very harmoniously with each other. So the owl, because of the way you did it, that just, I mean, it, it just like, boom, it looks like it's really flying out at you. So it's really, yeah, the color is really spectacular with that. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What was my next question? Oh, okay. So... Um, is there anything you would tell yourself if you could go back into a time machine and go back to your younger self when you were still a student at SCAD about being in the business that you are in now or freelancing as an illustrator, would you go back and tell your younger self? I think that I would just say it's a possibility to be an in-house illustrator mm -hmm. and be happy and satisfied yeah. with your work. Like, I feel yeah. like as a student, I was so set on that dream of being a freelancer and just like working from home all the time, <laughs> doing like crazy artsy things that I didn't consider being an in-house mm -hmm. illustrator. And that it, like, I thought if I was an in-house illustrator, it'd be like chained to my desk grumpy all day. So the, the man always telling <laughs> me what to do. Yeah. Um, but it's not like that at all. Like you're working with a team of other creative people mm -hmm. and it's really energizing and, and fun. And also you get healthcare from it. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's, I would, I would say that to me and to a bunch of other mm -hmm. art students who I know have the same mindset, like, it's possible to find in-house jobs that are, are way more beneficial than you could imagine that they are as a student. Yeah, and I think the training that you get um, being in a particular, um, you know, um, applied arts field and you're working in it, you just learn the ins and outs. Like, 
very well. And just like, because I worked as a graphic designer, it just worked out really nicely because I worked um, always in print publishing. I would just go walk over and talk to the art director. Hey, do you need some illustration work done? So that's where it worked for me. And then, like you said, you get your health insurance, you get your vacation days, your sick days. Yeah. So um, you, it, you learn so yeah. many skill sets that, you, and like you learn how to collaborate that you wouldn't yes. learn as a freelancer. And one of the things, easily. yes. And one of the things I think is really nice because I could see how it it never made sense because I didn't realize because when I was at SCAD and I took took the they had the get published class and I took it and I didn't really understand because I hadn't been a graphic designer at that point like when the art director said you really need to change this one value in this section love the illustration totally would use it but it you really need this area adjust the value of it and so I didn't know exactly how much I needed to adjust but once I was a graphic designer and I worked for a publication and then I was like oh, that I really need to tweak that a lot because mm-hmm. it affects how she placed the type and then when it goes. So I worked at a newspaper and so I could literally go from designing it and, you know, get it approved and then you would go and see it run off the printing presses. And then so you yeah. kind of understand the whole process overall and that you're not just thinking about, well, I'm just satisfying this assignment. You're thinking about how will the end results be mm-hmm. so I think it's very practical For in that sure. sense so yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome okay so the last question it's a deep question so at the end of your life you've made all the art that you've wanted and you've lived a full life if there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note you've written with three final truths what would those truths be oh gosh I'm only 23 <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's a deep question some people take it three deep some truths. People, yes Hmm. Um, humans are all the same would be one of them. I, I feel like a lot of times we get into this like us versus them mindset or like uh, like othering other people, uh, thinking of them as different than ourselves, but like really everyone's just the same. I feel like quarantine has kind of brought up, brought that out in, in a lot of us. Like we're all wearing sweatpants all the time and we all have the same distractions at home um, and the whole world is in the same situation. So I guess humans are all the same would be one of them. Um, we have to do three. Um, nature is good. I don't know. I feel like nature energizes me and inspires me in all aspects of my life. So I have all my house plants here. And so it's like bringing it indoors and I draw only animals pretty much. So they're kind of paying for my dinner every night. Um, and it makes me sad that nature gets destroyed so if, if people would listen to to one of my truths I would hope that they would protect nature a little bit more um I don't know if there was one that was more like art centric I I think it would be like pay attention to yourself kind of like what I was saying earlier pay attention to what excites you and um like kind of delve into that like if if you can find what this is so cheesy, but if you can find what makes you happy, then you will always be making things that make you happy, and then you'll live a happy life. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I really appreciate you taking this time and talking um, with me and the, the audience. 
my my small audience, but you know, to, about your work. And um, I know you are going to be highly successful in whatever endeavors artistically you pursue. You're delightful to talk Thank to. You. Um, I really enjoyed this too. You're a great interviewer. I'm going to find your podcast on all the oh. places and listen to it. Because I want to hear what everyone else has said too. Like, it sounds like you've interviewed some really like insightful people yeah I you know before it was just kind of like an interview everybody that I knew who was an artist or an art teacher and now I've kind of narrowed it down more into things that I'm interested in and I just get even more excited I must sound like I'm like I'm five or something and just like Christmas and it's like oh she's really excited that's about contagious this. though people want to hear that <laughs> so um I yeah and oh your social media can you tell people um give a shout out to your social media because I'll put it in the description oh, yes. box but so my my main bag right now is Instagram uh so it's just at Marika Auber hopefully that will be spelled in the episode description or something oh I will um yeah. So Instagram at Marika Auber. I am sometimes on Twitter. Right now I'm on a Twitter break because everyone's talking about coronavirus and it stressed mm, me out too much. Yeah. But I'm also at Twitter at Marika Auber. And if you want to watch my YouTube videos, like yeah. Nancy referenced a couple times, um, that is also, if you search Marika Auber on YouTube, you can find those. And hopefully there will be some new videos at some point. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think you do. Yeah, you should definitely do some more videos in that area. I, I really enjoyed watch. it. Great. Yeah. Well, everybody, this is um, My Creative Life. Thank you for listening. Bye.